Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Amen. Come on, let's just take a few more seconds and give God praise like he deserves. Amen. Amen. The writer of Psalms said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. You know what that means? That means let's make a big deal out of God. Amen. So let's just make a big deal out of our God for a moment. Amen. You're so great. You're so amazing. Lord, we thank you. You are awesome. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. He's good. You may be seated. Amen. Good to see everybody here today. Great to see everybody here. And uh, just excited about what the Lord is doing in your life and in our in the church here, but also in our city. And we're so thankful for uh, the season that God is taking us into. And uh, how many can say that, you know, we're either in a season that we just came out of or we're going into one, whatever, but it doesn't matter. God is still good. And we, we praise God either way, whether it's we're up on the mountain or in the valley. I mean, we're so thankful for what God's done. And so, amen. You know, this time of the year, we, we tend to focus on Thanksgiving and being thankful. And as Christians, that's just 24-7, right? Amen. That's just for us. And, but uh, really recognizing the, the holidays uh, from my wife and I and the leadership team, uh, really from our family years, we just hope that God blesses your time, your vacation, your holiday, whatever you want to say. Uh, and so many of you are going to family that uh, maybe you haven't seen each other for a long time, maybe you haven't, you don't talk much together, but we just pray that God opens a door that you can share the gospel, that you can be a light. And um, how many know wherever we go, whatever season it is, amen, we shine, amen. And so we pray that the, just the love of God and the light of God shines and, and touches somebody and really just gives you that. Some of you just need a break, and we know that, and you've been working hard and, and everything, but how many know in everything God can be glorified, amen? We're so thankful for that. And, Amen. Well, we do have a guest this morning, and we're so thankful. We want to give uh, Brother Jay plenty of time. We, uh, uh, we have met uh, Brother Jay and his lovely wife, Linda, uh, years ago, a few years ago. It was, it's getting faster the older you get. It gets quicker. But uh, we met him and friends of ours through, of course, the Dillons, and everybody knows here and knows and loves the Dillons and the Greenies, and uh, really good friends over the years with uh, forged a friendship with uh, Mark and Mike and, and myself, and uh, really knew us, and we knew him, and, and uh, wherever we got to see him at co conferences and conventions, uh, we just always would say, man, we got to have you up, got to have you up, got to have you up, and, uh, and so we're so thankful that we were able to have him here today, and I wonder if we could just stand on our feet and give Dr. Jay LaRue a hand as he comes to minister the word of the Lord, amen. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, this is one of those mornings I do not want to end, so I'm going to somewhat take my time. Uh, I think I met uh, your founding pastor, who I'm super humbled to even be here with. 
met somewhere in 207 at Pastor David's house, and, and we, you know, we were talking. He goes, I got three sons, man. I'd love to have you come, but I, I just, I'm just thankful I get a chance to speak once in a while. And I said, well, I'm looking forward to meeting your sons. And so I did begin to meet them one at a time. Pastor Matt uh, was the last one I met. And um, from the time that we met, this church has been a part of our intercession, which I believe really is the initial reason why I'm here for sure, is that prayer time. And uh, so I'm always looking forward to the time that I would be here. So 2007 or 8 to now, I got to tell you, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, to those watching online, we certainly are so thankful that you're here, so appreciate it. We're honored that you showed up, especially one person in particular, <laughs> my baby. You haven't got the best part of me yet. That's the best part. So when she's with us the next time, uh, it'll be great. But uh, please let me say to pastors Matt and Rachel, I'm humbled. Honored and privileged to be a part of your life, your family's life, to be here and to be invited. I just, I just can't tell you uh, just what a, a privilege it is uh, to be a part of this great church, uh, this great community, uh, what you've planned to be a part of your life prior to this is just, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, amen. So this morning I want to, uh, oh, by the way, if you're watching online and you haven't had a chance to come and see this facility, I got to tell you. I mean, I appreciate the online Zooms, everything that we've been doing over these last couple of years. You know, that, that little glitch in time, that momentary light affliction in 20-something or other. Uh, and we started a lot of this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. But if you haven't come to just check out the atmosphere, the beauty of this, and the, the folks are incredible. From the time that we pull up in the parking lot, greeting us inside here, hanging up signs that how wonderful we look and how good we look, you know. Yeah. yeah, I needed that even though my shirt is nice and pressed, so it was good. Uh, but it's beautiful. If you have a chance to come out, please do. Uh, even during the holidays or if you haven't been there, you want to start a New Year's resolution, this would be the perfect place, perfect church. I encourage you, yes, please do come. I want to take us to a story this morning that will be familiar to us. And I, I, as I love doing, I want us to experience it. I want us to live it out. This is a this Bible is an incredible book. It's alive. It's just not a history lesson. It's a, a present truth when the Lord brings it that way. And I, I just, it's been one of the great stories that I've loved. And uh, I want us to experience it this morning. But I want to begin first in 1 John chapter 3, that amazing epistle. I appreciate the young lady helped me back there. And all of our folks, don't you appreciate these workers? Amen. Right? I mean, isn't it amazing? Amen. Yeah. Appreciate the servants. First John chapter 1, probably the oldest written part of our Bible, most likely written after the Revelation. I mean, this, he's sharing some things that are so important to us. First John chapter 3, verse 1. King James, hope you don't mind it, love the old language. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, really the children of God in that part. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear. It hasn't been fully manifested. It hasn't fully come to fruition. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that 
when he shall never if, when he shall appear, make himself manifest, make himself visible, when we shall see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Man, I live in verse 3. Every man, woman, child, young person, older person, every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. Luke chapter 24, our story. Verse 13. Wow, I never saw the back of my head. <laughs> wow, it's as shiny as the front part. Oh. It doesn't take much, you know. All right, here we go. Beautiful story. I'll, I'll read. Please follow. And both two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem about three score furlongs, about seven and a half miles. And they talked together about these things which had happened. And it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And their eyes were holding. They, they really they couldn't see him that they should not know him. And he said unto them in good King James language, what up, man? What's going on? Where are you going? And dudes, why are you so sad? And one of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said, I'm sorry, what? I mean, who are you? Where have you been? Do you, you, you know what's going on? I need that. Yeah. It's not working. It's, it's ringing, sorry. That's why you're, I thought you were back here to make sure I behaved. <laughs> All right, how's that? All right. We're, who, who are you? I mean, are, are, you, are you a stranger here? Are thou the only stranger in Jerusalem? Has that not known the things which have come to pass in, in these days? And Jesus said, what, what things? And they said, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, I mean, he was a, a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. I mean, don't you understand? We trusted. We hoped. We believed. It was our dream. We trusted that he had been the one which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women, you know how they are, from our company, they went down to the sepulcher early and they didn't find his body, and they came and said they saw a vision of angels and, and that he was alive, and, you know, I don't know about that. And certain of them, <clears throat> Peter and John, they went down to the sepulcher. They found it as the women had said, but they didn't see him. And then he said unto them, it isn't rebuke. Oh, fools and slow of heart. It was, man, where's your heart to believe? All that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things that entered his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him. They said, man, no, you got to stay. you got to stay. It's late. It's, it's, it's dark. It's dangerous. you gotta, you got to abide with us. The day is far spent, and he went into tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at me, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they, they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not your hearts burn within you while he talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together. 
uh, and them that were with him, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you. You know this, this morning especially, what a tremendous honor and privilege it is for, for me and Linda as well to be here. This great church, this great people, it's an honor and a privilege. This morning, Lord, it's always my cry that the revelation of Jesus Christ be to us all. You're appearing to us all. And that the revelation of the kingdom of God that has been freely given to us. We have no debt. We don't owe a thing. It's been freely given to us. It is a kingdom that has no limitations to it. The limitations are off. May that kingdom be known of us, be revealed to us, be manifest through us in this day, this hour. And Father, this morning that there would be a fresh hope in every one of us, a fresh vision, a fresh dream, a fresh faith. That we would look unto you in this day and time. Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It had been a year and a half that he had been talking to the 12, even the ones who followed, that the day would come. They just made like they didn't believe it. They, they couldn't even hear what he was saying. They had this hope for sure that he was the one. He would be the one that would restore Israel to her former days, to her glory. He would be the one that would deliver them from the tyranny of Rome and the pressures of the religious. They, they thought for sure it was him. They had never experienced such a thing. They were Galileans. Everyone knew them. That final day would come. Even at the final meal, they didn't understand what he was going through. They would argue about which one was greatest while he was sitting there. They would leave, and it would only be 11. Judas had already gone to meet with the Sanhedrin and Caiaphas and the temple guards. He would leave the, the eight and come away with the three. And he would say to them, the, uh, is, is I'm greatly sorrowful. Sometimes you don't realize the, the humanity that he had. Will you not watch with me one hour? And he would go a stone's throw away. We would know there he would choose us and his father's heart and his father's will over anything about himself. Wow. He'd return and he would say to Peter, couldn't you watch it one hour? I, I don't believe it was 11 till 12, one hour is 42 years. He was asking Peter, like he asked every generation, will you not watch with me? And he would go again, and he would come back, and they could hear the temple guards coming. They were all sleeping. Judas and the torches were beginning to draw near. Jesus came and woke them. Peter had a sword by his side. You see, these disciples knew that. This was a kingdom of war. This was a kingdom that had fight to it. This was a kingdom, if you wanted anything, from Abraham to this very day, they knew this was a kingdom that you fought in. It was a kingdom of war. It was a kingdom of warfare. They knew that. As they came, they didn't understand. They were waking. They, they couldn't get it. They expected this was the moment that he was going to set a whirlwind for sure. And they came and Judas kissed him on the cheek and they began to take him. Peter didn't understand it. He pulled out his sword and swung it and cut the ear off of a servant young man by the name of Malchus. 
Jesus looked at them and they all stood. They didn't know that he was bringing a kingdom they had never known before, had never seen before. This kingdom would never, ever be a kingdom of war, a kingdom that suffered violence. This kingdom would be a kingdom the world had never known. He looked at Peter and he says, if you live by that, you'll die by that. They ran away. They didn't understand. They took him, as you know, and they would beat him unmercifully. And that day he would die. They were maybe watching afar off, but the day he died, the, their dreams died. Their hopes died. Their belief that he would be the one that would bring everything they hoped for. It died that day with them. Three days later, is, it is the afternoon of the third day. I love this moment. Cleopas is the only one we know. They, him and his companion, they were with the 11 and those watching. The 11 are still mourning and weeping on the afternoon of the third day. Everything has been destroyed. Hopeless, dreamless, faithless, hiding. The terror of Rome, they are looking for him along with the temple guards from the Sanhedrin. I want us for a moment, if you will, to join this conversation. I just want us to experience them this morning. Cleopas, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I just spoke to Mary this week. She told me when she had him, the, these shepherds came down and they were gazing and she heard them talking, that angel showed up and, and said that he was the one. I mean, it was, it was good news to all mankind. The Savior was born. I mean, Mary told me that. And then she began to tell me about the time that she brought him as a 33-year-old, 33-day-old baby to dedicate him in the temple. You remember Herod's temple when we were there. It was a den of thieves. It was to be a house of worship, he said. There are money changers and men selling bullocks and, and lambs and pigeons. I mean, it was, it was an arguing, yelling place. And she said she came in, her and Joseph, she was only a young woman with him. And a man by the name of Simeon came out of nowhere and grabbed him. And, and she said, he looked at him and said, my eyes have seen thy salvation. Here he is, the light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. I mean, how could it be if he declared that, that this has happened? I know, I know. I mean, just this week, I was sitting with Andrew. He was telling me, do you know that when he came out of the Jordan, the heavens opened up and a voice came saying, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. That really happened. I, 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 didn't even, I heard that. Was that true? Yeah, Andrew told me that was true. Then he said that Jesus, after that, went and he was at the, 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 the pool of the settle. You know that? Oh, yeah, where the lame people are? Yeah, there was a man there his whole life. No one even knew who he was. No one even knew who he, why he was there. And he looked at that man, and he just spoke to him. I mean, he just said, man, rise. And the man got up after his whole life laying there, took up his bed and walked. I mean, I wasn't even sure that was a true story. I asked Andrew, are you sure? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, I was talking to Peter. You know Peter. He's got to tell everything. He does. Peter told me that when they were at Jacob's well, there was a Samaritan woman walking away 
Peter said, I looked up and her bucket was next to Jesus and I heard her shouting, I have found him the Messiah. That's true, Peter said that? Yeah, man, I couldn't believe it. I mean, see, how can, I don't understand. I See, I don't, I don't understand. If this is true, then how could this have happened to him? How is it possible? I, I, he said, well, I asked John this story because I, I couldn't believe it. You remember the, uh, the marriage feast at Cana? Yeah. He turned water into wine? Oh, yeah, but here's the reason. He began to manifest his glory. See what I mean? Who, who has glory to manifest? Yeah, but so his disciples would believe it was the beginning of something that he was going to do. I mean, see, this, uh, this is what I'm saying. If it was the beginning, then how could this be the end? I mean, how is it possible? My uncle was there when he fed the 5,000. You're kidding. Oh, yeah. My uncle said that. He could only see him in a distance, and he... He did something with the bread, and all of a sudden, everybody's being fed. And it was done at the 4,000. I was there. I mean, that's what changed me, Cleopas. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just looked and I saw him. I mean, I couldn't even get to him. But the people came, and I, says, I asked one of the disciples, what's this? And he said, Jesus multiplied this bread for you to eat. That was it for me. I had to follow him. I couldn't believe it again. See, I mean, this, all these things, Cleopas, I, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah, well. I mean, this is, let me tell you this. There were some lepers that came. Yeah, I saw them, and they started yelling his name. So I picked up a stone. I mean, I was ready. I know, the, you know, we, we studied the law of Moses. I was about to stone him, and Jesus just put up his hand like this. I didn't understand what he was doing. He didn't have a stone in his hand. He looked at them and said, be thou clean. What happened? Oh, man. They were all clean. One of them came back. I still backed off. I mean, I wasn't sure. And Jesus laid his hands on a disease that was incurable, and he was made whole. I, I don't know, Cleopas, and I just, I don't, I don't understand this. I, I know. Me too. I mean, I spoke with John just last night. I mean, he was sitting in a corner, and I said, John, I don't understand. He just shook his head. He said to me, Cleopas, I'm writing all of his miracles. And I've, I've written down 30 of them. But as I'm going across all the ones that I've seen, I don't think the books in the entire world can contain them. I mean, he said that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just, I was amazed at that. That he Listen, you're going to love this though. But early, <laughs> I had to laugh because... They told me the first time they went across the Sea of Galilee, you know, they're all fishermen. Yeah, yeah, I tell me, I, I, need, I need to be encouraged. Yeah, well, Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And it began to be stormy. Even Peter was afraid. No, oh, yeah. Well, he didn't tell me that. His brother told me. Oh, yeah, he was, no. Yeah, he was holding on like this. And they said to him, Peter, were you going to do something? They all looked back. They couldn't believe. He was sleeping in the storm. So what happened? Peter, brave, <coughs> Jesus! Jesus finally woke up and, and he said to him, are you not, don't you care about us? Listen, listen. He stood up and rebuked the storm and the wind ceased. <laughs> oh, see, see, this isn't helping me. I mean, this is what, the, the, this is what I mean. I, I thought he was the one. I thought he would be the one that would restore Israel. My hope was there and now it's 
I'm just glad we're going in May. So I, I don't know if I can, I can handle this. I just, I just don't. Well, I talked to Martha. It's true. Yeah. When he was on his way to Bethany, Lazarus had been four days. Martha came out and met him. And Martha was crying, she told me. And Jesus said to Martha, don't cry. And listen to what he said. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah, see, but, but the resurrection, I mean, how, if he's the resurrection, how is he dead? How is he dead? And here it is, I mean, it's middle of the day. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know. I don't know what to trust anymore. I, I just don't know, Cleopas. I know, I know, I know. I don't either. I love this moment. Because this is the beautiful thing about Jesus. The whole world, he's going to meet these two men. He comes up, you know, every, every picture, every, every, every painting has him with a big hoodie on. He probably had a mask with a cross on it. I'm sure he did. He wanted to read Hallelujah, I've risen, but they weren't ready for that. And he comes up, and they don't know him because I want us to understand something this morning that's so beautiful about where we're living is they could never see him like they once saw him. He was in a new life form. He had to be revealed. He had to be manifested. He had to appear. And so he comes in, and I love his questions because he's, he's just cool this way. He goes, yo, what up? What are you guys talking about? And what's with the face? Why are you so sad? And Cleopas, I'm sure he was the spokesman since we know his name. We have no idea who the companion is. He goes, well, I'm sorry. I mean, do you not understand what's happened? I mean, do listen. I, I mean, I, I, Jesus of Nazareth, did you hear of him? No? Okay, you, have, you really got to get the date. You should be watching more news, and more stuff on TV. You're just out of touch, baby. I mean, see, he was mighty in word and deed. And the Romans, the religious, the Sanhedrin, they crucified him. And here it is the third day, and he hasn't, we don't know. We just, so we're going to Emmaus, we're just... Just getting out of town. We're just, we don't know what to think. We just don't know what to believe. I love his words because it isn't so much a rebuke as it is, guys, come on, man. Where's your heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken? Now, if you don't mind with me, just as he draw near the end, he began with Moses and he will, I don't know how long was it, three miles, four miles was it, an hour, two hours, three hours, he begins to open the scriptures to them concerning himself. I got to believe when he started at Moses, he had to say to them, guys, don't you remember what the Lord said to Moses? As I live, saith the Lord, the whole earth shall be filled with my glory. I know he'd stop at the prophet, if you don't mind, in, in a chronological order, because I would so love this. He would certainly do it this way. He'd stop at the prophet Amos and say, the Lord will do nothing in the earth until he revealed his secret to his servants, the prophets. And then to the prophet Jonah and say, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, so would the Son of Man be. And as Jonah came out, so would the Son of Man come out. 
and move over to the little, the young prophet Micah. What a beautiful book. That it would be out of the insignificant Bethlehem, a city, a town, a village that no one would even see, no one would consider, but out of her would come the ruler. And then he'd come to the most messianic prophet that we have in our Bible, to the prophet Isaiah, and say, do not remember that a child would be born, but a son would be given. Upon his shoulders would be the government, and the increase of that government, there would be no end. He'd be like a tender root drying up in a dry, a dry ground, describing who he was, the tenderness of his, of his own life, and the dry moment that he lived. And the darkest day probably in our world's history is when he came and during that Roman occupation in an ungodliness that is, that is unbelievably, you, it's hard to even read how they were, the, the carelessness of healing people. The Romans were this way. And here he is, a, a tender root in a dry ground. There was nothing about him that you draw his attention. There was no beauty, no splendor. He wasn't big, some giant. He didn't, he didn't come as a king, though he was. He didn't come as a prince, though he was. He'd be born a servant to a, 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 a place known as Nazareth. They would comfort him. He would be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. They would bruise him for every man's iniquity. They would beat him that you and I would have sin liberated from me, from us. And they would stripe him that there would be healing for every nation of the world in every generation, including this generation. They would pull his beard and spit in his face that peace might reign in the hearts of those who believe him. They would move to the prophet Jeremiah and say, don't you remember the plans I have for you, they are good and never to harm you, but to build and prosper you. He began to move toward the prophets that I so love as we come through these, these major prophets. Stop at the prophet Daniel, of course, and say there would be a stone pulled out of a mountain, not made with hands. And that stone would be set in the earth. And that stone would become a kingdom, and that kingdom would consume all kingdoms, and it would be the greatest kingdom the world ever known, and there would be no end to that kingdom. Do you not remember what the prophet Daniel said? And then to the prophet Ezekiel, of course, he'd have to stop here and say, there will be a restoration of a temple, and a temple will be built, and the prince will return to that temple and establish his worship, and the glory of God will return to that temple, and it'll come out not like some, uh, uh, some cloud, some thick darkness. It'll be a river, and that river will flow out of that temple, and that river will have trees along the side of it, and it'll be fruitful in all of its seasons, and the leaves of those trees will be for the healing of the nations, and that river will be a river of life. It would flow to the deadest places on the earth. It would be the dead sea, Ezekiel would see, and the deadest thing would live again, and that every man, listen, every fisherman would cast their nets and not just one fisherman all fishermen it would be a harvest unprecedented in the world's history he would move as they were walking they didn't say a word to him they just listened as I would listen as he began to expound on things they thought they knew, thought they understood, began to see, and they didn't answer him. They didn't say a thing. They still didn't see him. Even hearing him, they still didn't see him. He would stop at this incredible time of restoration, the prophet Haggai first, and say, do you not know that I'll shake the heavens and the earth, the dry land and the seas? The desire of the nations shall return. It'll be desire for him. 
And the, te- the glory of this temple will be far greater than the glory of that temple. And the silver and the gold, do not forget whose it is. It is mine, saith the Lord. And he come to the prophet Zechariah, who I so appreciate at this moment, that there would be a new priesthood, and that priesthood would be reclothed, and out of that priesthood would come the branch. And out of that priesthood would be a stone. It would be a cornerstone. And he'd reestablish the cornerstone. And it would have seven eyes because its vision would be perfect. And this priesthood would be identified with that cornerstone. It would be a signet that all would see again. And then, of course, he'd have to move one chapter over. I hope you don't mind this, but I, I've got to believe he did it this way. One chapter over, and he would say something that I needed to hear. He would say, remember, it's no longer by power and might, but it's by my spirit, say the Lord. He would stop at the prophet Malachi, the last one, in this incredible expose of who he is and his intent. And before he would come, he would send his messenger. And there would be a spirit of Elijah in the earth that would cause fathers and sons to reconcile. Mothers and daughters, grandmothers and granddaughters, grandfathers and grandsons. There would be a reconciliation unprecedented in the world. Before he came. I love this moment about Jesus. He makes as though he's going to go away. But he, they stop him. And they, they go, oh, wait. No, you, you got, it's, it's, you got to stay with us. I mean, it's dark. It's dangerous. I mean, that's, that's why we left. I mean, you just don't, you don't realize what, what the danger out there. You just don't, you don't realize that you, you got to stay. You got to stay. And so he does something. I just want to talk about it just for a second. He takes the bread and he blesses it and he breaks it. It's the fourth time he'll do this. I just, just want to say this to us. The first time he'll do it, he'll feed 5,000. There's something about this broken bread that feeds people. He'll do it again and he'll feed 4,000. He'll do it again the third time, that final night of his life. And he'll say, I'm doing this because this is my, my body broken. Do this to remember me. This is... Different. This is in this day of his ascension and return. It's here that he takes the bread and blesses it and breaks it that they know him. I want you to know that there's a place of intimacy, of face to face, that is now available to everyone who comes since his ascension. It's a beholding him and knowing him in ways we never knew before. There's a sense of who he is and what he does, that he wants to be revealed to every person, not just to apostles and prophets. They certainly need it to every man, every woman. It's for everyone. I love this moment. He disappears. And they look at each other and they go, as I would say, dude. Did you not? Yeah, man, I, I thought it was last night's pizza. It wasn't. I mean, my heart was burning. I mean, he was talking. I was going, I, I couldn't even ask a question. Yeah, mine too. I mean, now, I don't know if you noticed this in the story. I love this. These same men who were hiding, afraid, leaving Jerusalem to go to Emmaus. Emmaus means warm baths. They were just, we just got to, we just we just got to get out of here and find some relax. They just, we got to go. We got we to get out of here. And then they said to him, listen, don't go. It's, 
I mean, it's dark. It's scary out there. The world's a mess. It's, it's a wreck. It's, something's going on. We don't know what it is. We just we don't, we just don't know. You got to stay. Don't, don't go. It's, it's amazing to me. His appearing changed everything. Did you see I read it? That same hour. That same hour they got up. They went back. I want to say, what about the fear? What about the concern? What about the darkness? What about the world? When he appears, everything changes. His appearing changed them. It is never if he will appear. It's when. And when we see him as he is, everything changes. They go back. I want to say to them, but it's dark. <laughs> yeah, so? Yeah, but what about the Romans? What up with the Romans? Yeah, but what about the religious? They're looking for you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I know, but what about the day, the diseases, the difficulties, the fear? What about all that? doesn't matter. we got to go back and tell them. And I love this moment. They get back to the 11. I don't know if they got there. <laughs> Who's there? It's me, Cleopas. Yeah, get here. And they opened up the door. I would have thought they might have said, listen, listen, he's going to restore Israel. They didn't say that. Everything they hoped for and believed died with him. But when they returned, they had only one thing to say. It wasn't about restoration of Israel. It wasn't about their own lives. They had one thing to say. Guys, listen, he has risen. My wife says when you go to a church for the first time, behave yourself so you're getting the behave version. I needed this story. I needed it. That's why this Bible is so beautiful. I've only spoken out of it four times in my life, mostly this year. I love the story, but I wasn't so identifying with it. I identify with it. Let me just say some things to us as we close this portion. Some things to take away from this that I want us to have that I believe in a prophetic way speaks to us, says to us. It's never just a story. You know, that's what makes our Bible so beautiful. First thing I want to say is he was doing something that they did not know what he was doing. All they knew was he died. They had no idea what just began. Listen, can I say it this way? The Romans didn't end it. They started it. The religious thought they finished it. They didn't finish it. They began it. And the demonic thought they ended the dream. No, they didn't end it. They started the dream. In his ascension, everything changed. As radical as this moment is, please do not think it's any less radical now for us. I had hope deferred in 2020. I knew long before that that this would be a year that would alter the world. I didn't have any idea it would be that way. I had everybody ask me, well, why, who, how, come, what this? I said, that's really not an issue. Because whatever is going on, I know this from Joseph's life. Everybody could have meant for evil, but our God will turn it to our good.
He was doing something, but they had no idea what it was. We know, because hindsight, this was about to start a revolution, not some war, not some craziness, but a return back to what God had intended from the beginning, that there would be a people in the earth that would shake the earth just because of who they were. It would be now Christ in his body, in his church. Second thing I just want to say, I love this. And this is beautiful. It's the Mary Magdalene first, then the ladies come. It's a while before he speaks to any of his disciples. And I love, that's why I'm so thankful for my wife and the great women in every church. Love them. So they speak and they go back. You know, the guys are like. Uh, yeah, angel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, you saw him. Yeah, yeah, you saw him. All right, Peter and John, you see him? No, nope, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Well, they didn't see him, but you you saw him, but they didn't see him. Yeah, they're apostles. You know, get get it right. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Here's what they said to him: the angels were just sitting, chilling there, and and they start first. The Mary says, "What are you doing?" I'm looking for a dead man. You can't find anybody. There's no, there's no dead people here. Don't look for the, 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 the living amongst the dead. And then he looks at him. Here's what he says. I want to say it to us. Do not be afraid. The angels will say to the women who come, do not fear. <clears throat> Can I say it to us this morning? Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Third thing, I love this. This is beautiful for me. Because everybody asks me, how are we going to get where we're going? I said, it's never an issue of how we're going to get there. Here's what the angel says to them to tell the disciples. Hey, tell the disciples, he's already there where you're going. He's already there where we're going. So for me, it's never an issue of how we're going to get there. The issue is where we're going, he's already there. Joseph would have had no idea that a dream would have led him there. Moses would have had never thought that the thing in his heart would have led him there. Even Abraham wasn't sure. Certainly David wasn't sure that the anointing to be king would lead him that way, but he would be king. He never thought the way would bring him that way. Don't evaluate the way. Continue to keep our eyes on the one. Is that all right? Okay, I love, you got a couple more and then we're done. Yeah, yeah, okay. I love this too. Fourth thing in this story. The angels looked at him and said this, listen. Remember what he has said to you. And I think now, especially in our lives, I always love the prophetic words that I've had. And I love the things from the earliest days. I, I so yet still appreciate the the words that my pastors 
have said to me and those had the oversight over me and still do. I appreciate, I remember the things they said. I, re, I remember them. And, and so he says, listen, remember the things he has said to you. I think this is a moment in time where you and I can go back and hold on to again freshly the dreams, the visions, the prophetic words, the counsels, the things that we hope for about us, our families, our future, our destiny, our church, our world, everything he said, especially what he has said to us. Remember. Last. Oh, no, two more. Great. I don't want to be over, but I'm watching my time. We're not doing too bad. Getting close there. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, these are nice chairs, but it's beautiful. What a, did I already invite the folks watching? You've got to come and see this incredible building. It's absolutely, I told you already, sorry. Between me and them, he's just, We don't usually have this much fun. Well, we do, but it's still worth coming. All right, two more. You ready? This is this beautiful story for us now? All right, these two, are, these two are my favorite ones, of course. He opened the scriptures concerning himself. For those of us who love the Bible, but it's for everybody, please get ready, get ready, get ready, because he's about to unveil the scriptures in an unprecedented way concerning himself. To every one of us. It's beautiful because I've been watching younger people and all the age groups that I get to be a part of. A new desire, a new taste, a new wanting to see him, to behold him. In, in this word, in the prophetic word, but especially in this word. A new desire to, to behold him in there. A new desire to see him. It, when I first saw that, I thought, man, I long for that. Even in my life now, I, I long knowing that only he can open him up. But prepare yourself, prepare yourself. It's a new day of beholding him. He opened the scriptures. He'll be open. Opening them in dimensions and levels and, and, and I, in ways we've never seen before. Final thing. He appeared. I've needed this in my life. It isn't a one-time thing. It's, it's this hope that I have. On Monday morning, this morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's way back here since I realized it's, it's my prayer for these young men, the, the, the churches I'm involved in that. It's never going to be if he'll appear, it is just when. And when he appears, when I see him, it's not the white hair, fiery eyes. That's a ministry of his. This isn't, this, isn't this, this, this ogre God. Oh, no, no, no. This is beholding the splendor, the beauty, the majesty of this one who we love, this, this one who intensely paid this price for us. I long to see him. Some might say, well, Jay, you, you know, it seems like it's pretty good. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I've got a longing, a, a, a hope, a, an anticipation. It's here. It's in us that he would appear. We would see him. And the fear, the anxiety, the stress, the, the, the doubt, the wonder, all of it washes away. And we see him as he is. It's our hope. Stand with me, please. I, I, I needed it, and it was kind of a personal thing, I, especially through that little glitch, you know, talked about it, that 
momentary light affliction. I just was alone. I said, you know, I just have this deferred hope. It wasn't destroyed hope. It was just, it made my heart a little sick. I just, I lost a, a step. I, there was a bit of passion, a bit of, of, the, of the dream just kind of got deflated. It just, and it was, I just, I just need to have my hope. I thought you were going to do that. I thought you were going to do this. Like them, I thought I had an idea of what you were going to do. I need to have hope once again in just you. Not anything else. And so what he did was he revived the hope. He appeared. So this morning, maybe, <clears throat> like me, it's just, you know what? How about just reviving my hope? Anyone beside me? Hope for us, for our family, for the destiny of the church, for his dream, for our world, this state, all of our states, our world, his world, his dream. Salvation would encircle the earth like fire. His dream. So let me just see your hand again. I'm just going to pray and believe for it. Father, I'm in it to not just us to begin here with us, that door fellowship here. Revived hope that it would be an anticipation in the divine. It would be divine anticipation that we dream and hope again. We believe that the torment of fear and, the, and just the continual pressure of the enemy who fears the restoration of our God, that we would hope beyond hope. Father, I believe that. And in Jesus' name, I declare it to our lives. And Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, can you just give him some glory? Lord, thank you. Yeah. Bless you.